from the Sunshine State, this is Tampa Bay's TAN Talk. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Any thug can kill. I have to know I can trust you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. You're a kite dancing in a hurricane, Mr. Bond. Is this really what you want? Always alone? used to be able to get into a room with the enemy. Now they're just floating in the ether. When her secret finds its way out, there'll be the death of you. Oh my God. Target enough people. And the people become the weapon. Who is he? James, you don't know what this is. die with your body and life is all about leaving something behind isn't it come on bond where the hell are you do this there will be nothing left to save I have to finish this you have a flower like this no
jets in an open sky, a streak of gray, and a cheerful... Ah! A loop, a whirl, and a vertical climb, and once again, you'll know it's time for the adventures of... Rocky and Bullwinkle, and friends. Starring that supersonic speedster, Rocket J. Squirrel, with his pal, Bullwinkle the Moose, and a host of others. Bullwinkle, the show's about to start. I'm coming as fast as I can. Wait to the people. Yay! Now what are you doing? Sign an autograph. This is John Smith. But your name is Bullwinkle. I know, but that's hard to spell. This is McKeel Haggerty, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So get out there and keep driving all those cool cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see me live. Here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's a website. And that's where all the shows are posted and archived. Right, Bobby? How are you doing this evening? Hello. 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 Yes, it's NostalgicRadioandCars.com. Is, uh... I love that. I love that website. You love that. Well, of course you should. I mean, you you built that website as oh, well. Yeah, as, did I? You did. You did. You did. You did. Yeah, well, that was back in your Wonder Bread days. So, no, hey, Golfstream was nostalgic. Was actually something I just did. You went recently. To, uh, okay. Well, at any rate, uh, hey. It's good to have you back in the driver's seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> what does Lil Lonely say? You know how to drive a radio station? Yeah. yeah Rusty yeah. at it, but I <laughs> I know where all the pedals are. <laughs> Speaking of pedals, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have an exciting show for you this evening. We have a very special guest coming on. And, of course, uh, this should interest all you parts junkies out there like me. You know, Speaking of parts junkies, I drove a very interesting collection of parts here the other day. I had to make a special trip down to Fort Lickerdale, excuse me, Fort Lauderdale. And, um, yeah, the other side of Florida. You know, Florida really, and, and I always, you know, joke and reference, you know, because I'm from California, hey, how beautiful our state is. But you know what? Florida's got some really, really nice areas. And, you know, there I like the... Upper East Coast, you know, St. Augustine area is beautiful. Uh, around St. John's River, Jacksonville, Amelia Island, because we go there every year for the Amelia Island Concourse. Um, south, when you get to Vero Beach, Vero Beach is beautiful. It's just still old Florida, Fort Pierce, Stewart. You know, oh, it's a travel show now. This is a travel oh. show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just thought. That I'd... is not what we program here. <laughs> but at any rate, so, uh, and then I had to make my way down to Fort Lauderdale. And so I just kind of like hopped over on one and went down. And West Palm Beach is just really a pretty area. And um, you get down to Fort Lauderdale and, you know, you drive through some of those neighborhoods and it's just amazing, the real estate that's down there. But, you know, drive along the Atlantic and it's just, you just look out there and it's, uh, it's, 
what's am I, is this the right word infinite i mean when you look out and it just goes forever and ever and ever and ever what's the word i'm looking for bobby yeah something like vast, that uh, yeah it's vast i mean you know unfortunately when in, in palm beach you didn't see it so much because there was some you know just beautiful atlantic coast when you get close to lauderdale there because you're not because there's a port right there at fort lauderdale see all the freighters sitting out there it's kind of like the in california and, and and when you get around santa barbara and la you've got all those air oil derricks out there you got the ships that are you know coming in and out of the harbor because long beach is one of the biggest ports on the on the west coast well fort lauderdale as well as is um jacksonville and i think a little further north there savannah those are the three biggest ports kind of like between georgia and florida so you see a lot of ships in there because it's a huge shipping line. and uh, But Fort Lauderdale is just pretty. And, and a friend of mine that uh, lives down there, I, I had to go down there and do an appraisal. And the collection of parts that he had that I had to drive around was a 2019 um, McLaren Senna. So uh, we took it out for a little spin. The last time I uh, looked at this car, it only had 192 miles on it, and we could just stare at it. It's got 30... Five, no, 4,900 miles on it now. So he was actually driving it. And I, I cannot express how wicked cool it is to just be diddy-bopping down through Fort Lauderdale and, uh, you know, driving. What's dinging? Is that my phone yeah. or is that something? Is that what it is? I thought I got my phone off. I mean, Yeah, Robert, thanks for having me on, man. I'll tell you, you guys have a great show. Uh, hey, you're very famous down there in that Clearwater area. Apparently, by your phone. That, uh, listen to the show. That's cool. <laughs> by your phone, I guess you're famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. But at any rate, um, so, yeah, I, I had to kind of like uh, do a, an appraisal on this 2019 McLaren Senna, which at the time, you know, it's 800 horsepower. It's a four-liter engine, normally aspirated, twin turbo. Uh, totally carbon fiber. It's really cool because when you get in the car, it's actually because you're so low to the ground and it's got these little windows in the door. You know, it's got uh, basically scissor doors. And uh, I'll never forget the first time I went and checked the car out. I think I talked about it, it was a couple of years ago. And uh, I sat in the car and I didn't have my glasses. I set them down on the uh, on uh, my, my uh, note sheets. Um, outside the car, sat in the car, got in the car, and my friend, the owner of the car, uh, had to go take a phone call, so he stepped outside. So here I was, I was sitting in this McLaren with 192 miles on it. At that time, I was worth a million five, and uh, I couldn't get out of the car because I didn't have my glasses, so I couldn't see, and there was only a handful of buttons. I was afraid to touch them because I thought, yeah, yeah for all I know, there might be an injector seat in there, you know, bringing an English car and all, but the button to open the door was actually on the overhead uh, console and it's just a little lever that you pull down and it releases it and then you you manually raise the door which i did when i was driving the car so back to driving the car so here you are you're driving this car down the road and it is it weighs 2800 pounds roughly it's 800 horsepower extremely nimble uh what amazed me about the car was how docile now the the closest thing to it would probably be a well no not really because the the car has now been superseded by the McLaren Speedtail, which is a hybrid. So um, I would say this car would be like a, a Porsche Carrera GT or Porsche GT. I think that's what it was called. And that came out in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, something like that. And then they came out with the 19, 918, which is a hybrid. So it's part electric, part gas. And then the, the new $3 million Speedtail is, or two and a half to $3 million Speedtail is um, hybrid and gas, or gas and hybrid. But they won't disclose what the motor is. Um, I don't know if Porsche did that either at first, what the motor was as far as displacement and stuff. So, 
But anyway, the speed tail is 1,000 horsepower. But 800 horsepower, you know, you're driving down a road, and you can feel every little pebble in the road and every little pebble that bounces up off the undercarriage, you know. But just an absolutely sensational car. You know, I mean, it's just, just the fact that he actually let me drive it was kind of cool. And uh, through the streets of Fort Lauderdale, which was even cooler, you know, because here you are, just diddy button down the road and in traffic kind of like. And it was just uh, kind of a – and, you know, you use the term experience – it truly was an experience, um, you know, to be able to ride in the car, much less drive the car, you know. And I got a picture of it where I'm shooting it over the over the dash. And uh, even though I'm only in traffic and I'm doing maybe 20, 25 miles an hour or something like that, but it's just kind of cool. And uh, to just be throating along like that, you know, especially across some of the canals there in Fort Lauderdale and those just wonderful-looking homes and, and yachts and things of that nature. Um, yes, yeah, so what's going on this week in downtown Clearwater? I think we have the Hooters Clearwater Superboat Races. Did I say that right, Bobby? I don't think. I thought it was Visit St. Pete Clearwater uh, Superboat Grand Prix. Well, maybe that's what it is. No. Well, anyway, we'll to, check that. there's supposed to be a Superboat race this weekend in, in Clearwater on uh, Sunday. and uh, You should tell Clearwater. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe we should inform them. I mean, you know, normally if you're going to have a big event like that, like if you go to Sarasota, if you go to, where's the other one on the East Coast? Is it Vero Beach where they have the one, Bobby? Space Coast Grand Space Prix Coast. is in Cocoa. In Cocoa, okay. So, you know, that's they, about the only one left other than the Key West the big National one? Championship. Okay, but, you know, hey, they have a big parade, they got banners, they got TV ads, radio ads, you know, things like that. Hey, but, do we do that here? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we do. We, we do radio. We, yeah, we produce. We produce. We we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can yeah. fix we, them up with a real nice can, thirty seconds. Absolutely, absolutely, positively. But at any rate, so uh, yeah, so that's going on. SEMA, you know, for all you car guys, that's coming up in November. Man, we're into October. We're almost at the end of September. It's hard to believe. Today's nine twenty one twenty one. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans? Hey, on that note, I think Bobby's going to go ahead and fire up the turntable. And we're going to, you know, normally we play nostalgic radio music, but we're going to play something, I don't know, this is probably late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. This is Tito and the Tarantula, and this is uh, one of the songs from a movie. can't remember the movie either. It's Dementia, I think. But anyway, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, enjoy the music. I stand here at the door.
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Wow, there's a lot of shows coming up. We got the uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix coming up, or Grand Prix, excuse me. Uh, Concourse, Delicance, Chattanooga Motoring Festival is coming up. I think Hilt Head's having theirs. Like I said, SEMA is uh, also in November. That's the big one. Just a lot of cool stuff. There's uh, now this past weekend was um, the Villages, but we didn't make it up there. I'm not sure why we didn't make it up there. Oh, the rain made it up there. The rain made it up there. That's why. That might have been. (laughs) That slowed us down a little bit. And then, what was I working on? Something else. But at any rate. um, And tomorrow's the first day of fall. Tomorrow's the first day of fall? uh, Pub PSA for the uh, listeners here. Oh, okay. We have our festive pumpkin here. We are festive pumpkin. Oh, my God. Sitting on the board. Okay, and then, uh, well, that means that... Uh, that Harv- car Harv- shows. Will yeah, be, Har- you're right, right. It'll right. be driving weather, let's put it that way. It'll be dri- it is driving weather, yeah. So that means we have to get out there and wrench on some of those toys that we have laying around in the garage that uh, we've been kind of just... That's the sad thing about here in Florida. Even though you can drive your car 365 days out of the year, part, probably... 200 of those days you really can't drive your car because unless you have air conditioning you know because it's it's a little hot and warm and very humid in those cars and we have little itty bitty little sports cars with no air conditioning or we have muscle cars with no air conditioning i mean they have air but their air is probably not working the only air that works is when you have it in the garage and you're working on it and there's a little window shaker next to oh, you. oh yeah yeah blowing yeah, yeah. On blowing on it yeah the window shaker which is cooling the office but blowing hot air on you while you're working on your cars <laughs> or the other fan that we have or you have 250 air, which is two windows down at 50 miles an hour, and you're going downhill. Uh, yeah, so on my way down to Fort Lauderdale, I did happen to go visit my good friend over there, Hayes Harris, over at Wirewheel Classics. And while I was over at Wirewheel Classics, I was rummaging in his parts bin, and I did find something in there of interest to me. Um, I got a thing for vintage wood steering wheels, especially Les Lestons and Darrington's. Uh, more appropriately, I have a thing for um, uh, VDM wheels, uh, especially VDM wood wheels, which are you know unique to Porsches. But less lessons were an option on there too. So naturally, I kind of you know it's like if you're into certain parts, you know you kind of uh, focus on those, and they become an obsession. Okay, so then you become. Uh, compelled to do all kinds of research and you need to know everything there is to know about that particular part. And then you start hunting down and tracking down experts that know 
equally as much, preferably more, so that you can learn for them because there's always this thirst for knowledge, you know, thing. So, but the thing is, is that, you know, you also stumble across people that think they know a lot, say they know a lot, even though they've been around it, they still don't know much. And, and most often they know less than you do. So it becomes an educational process, which is kind of fun. But the th- cool thing is, is that, you know, he had some pretty cool wheels there. And then he had some other really, I like, I'm into, I like racing parts, you know, like um, racing carburetors, racing intakes. Uh, I like uh, wheels. I got a thing for wheels too. Don't I, Bobby? I have a thing for racing wheels, don't yeah. I? Yeah, we have a, a few of those things laying around, particularly magnesium wheels. You know, they're kind of cool. Mag- In fact, a friend of mine, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jay comes by my little building once in a while and he's always got some pretty cool stuff and he had some rare magnesium wheels now magnesium in fact i was reading an article i can't remember which car it was um but somebody was doing a special in fact i think it was the girl by the name of super blondie super blonde super blonde super carb super carb blondie yeah now i've never met her i wanted to meet her she was out in california um when we were out there but she was just really busy preoccupied and everybody was just jumping for joy trying to get an interview with her i just figured well we'll get to her sooner or later but she was doing an interview uh she was in germany at the factory and one of my favorite car all-time favorite cars not to own but just to i think just an amazing car is the Oldenhout mercedes-benz 300 sl r 300 sl super light r for racing and it was a hatchback car. And what I did not know is that car had a straight inline eight. I also did not know, and it was through her video, that the car was a magnesium. The body was apparently made out of magnesium. Now, we know about titanium, but they didn't use that back in the day because that came a little bit later. And we definitely know about aluminum. Um, we also knew magnesium has been around forever. However, I did not know that, they, that the body apparently on the car was magnesium. Well, now, later, and magnesium is very light. But it's very expensive. It was particularly if you had to make it in sheets and try to build a car out of it, much less uh, you know cast a set of wheels out of it. So Jay had a set of aluminum or had some some magnesium wheels, and I thought they were pretty cool mags. Uh, but the problem is, is when they get old, they get brittle. So they're really good if you have a static display, but they don't really work if you want to drive the car around, which is cool because, and the magnesium actually tends to darken a little bit. It has kind of like a really, like a charcoal look to it. It's pretty cool. Well, Hayes had a set of, a couple sets of vintage road racing wheels there from some um, race cars, probably open wheel cars at one point in time, and maybe some little smaller uh, single seaters or twin seater, like little Elvas or something like that. And, uh, and Coopers, and he's in a funky little cars and tbrs and stuff and they were pretty cool and they just have a look about them so that's just they when you talk about wall art you know this is the kind of stuff you just hang on your wall like he had the steering wheels hanging on the wall and i've been over there i don't know for the last I don't know, years and years and years and i've always tried to get one away from him and i was able to do it this time but I, and and i think it'll work on a 356 so but it was a rare dished wheel but at any rate on that note i think we're gonna have to uh go into parts here a little bit more because our next guest Knows a lot about parts. So on that note, you're tuned into Nostalgic Eating Cars. Don't touch the dial. We'll be bringing our guest here in a few minutes. I think we got a little, what's this, three doors down and a little uh, kryptonite. Yes. Since we're talking about titanium and magnesium, uh, might as well talk about kryptonite too, right? And parts. And so parts. Three doors down. You got, there's three doors down. Three doors down. <laughs> we got loads of parts for you. All right. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Eating Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. I left my body lying somewhere in the sands of time. But I watch the world float to the dark side of the moon I feel there's nothing I can do
Give me one reason why I don't fire everyone associated with this abomination, starting with you. Well, sir, I was thinking about that very question as I sat out there in your lovely waiting room. As I was sitting there, I watched that little red folder right there go through four pairs of hands. Before it got to you. Of course, that doesn't include the 22 or so other Ford employees who probably poked at it before it made its way up to the 19th floor. All due respect, sir, you can't win a race by committee. You need one man in charge. Now, the good news, as I see it, is that even with all the extra weight, we still managed to put old Mr. Ferrari exactly where we want him. Did we? Oh, yes. Expand. Well, sure, we hadn't, we haven't worked out how to corner yet. Or stay cool. Or stay on the ground. And a lot of stuff broke. In fact, the only thing that didn't break was the brakes. Hell, right now, we don't even know if our paint job will last a whole 24 hours. But our last lap, we clocked 218 miles an hour down the Mulsanne Strait. Now, in all his years of racing, old Enzo ain't never seen anything move that fast. And now he knows, without a doubt, we're faster than he is. Even with the wrong driver and all the committees. And that's what he's thinking about. He's sitting in Modena, Italy, right now. That man is scared to death that this year you actually might be smart enough to start trusting me. So yeah, I'd say you got Ferrari exactly where you want him. You're welcome. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Thank you, sir. This is Keith Martin publisher of Sports Car Market and American Car Collector, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back to tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is, and for all you parts junkies out there, specialty car parts junkies like myself, I'm delighted to introduce the co-founder of a new 
uh, let's call it a website, I guess it is, uh, for collector car guys to be able to find their treasured parts to fix up their treasured cars. It's called the Collector Parts Exchange. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Chris Bright. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. And I, I appreciated that intro by uh, Keith Barton just coming in there because I'm about ready to go have drinks with him right now. <laughs> oh, well, you tell Keith that I said hi, and uh, I sent him an email. I've been trying to get a hold of him. But, uh, yeah, he was a super guest, and I've known Chris, uh, Keith for a while. As a matter of fact, I used to be one of his riders for uh, oh. Sports Car Market. Fantastic. Yeah, we actually live in the same building out here in Portland, Oregon. So we uh, we we became pandemic pals, and now we uh, now we just keep the tradition rolling. Even though uh, most of that that uh, stuff is a little bit mostly in the rearview mirror. Yes. Okay. So now uh, I just got a little text from uh, Cindy, and she said there's something going on this weekend. She says, "Oh my gosh, ask Chris about what's going on this weekend." So what's going on this weekend? Oh, well, I think what she's really referring to was last weekend. Oh, last weekend. Uh, yeah, I was in, invited. Uh, I've been helping a buddy put together a belly tank racer. Have you ever heard of one of those? Oh, yes. Yeah, we had uh, Pete Chaporis on our show and Alex Exidius, the uh, kind of the originators of the belly tankers. Per- perfect. Yeah, so um, uh, a buddy of mine got one and has been restoring it. Uh, actually, just getting it um Back on the on the on the sand, I guess, and it's totally authentic and unmolested. Uh, it's got the same original paint on it for when it last ran in 1953, and I've been wow. working on that for the last couple of weeks, trying to get it um, ready for this meet that we had down on the Alvord Desert out in, down in southeastern Oregon. And uh, it's a it's become a pretty famous place for uh, land speed attempts. So we went down there, and uh, the car had not run an inch since 1953, and we rolled it off the trailer and hung out with a bunch of hot rodders and rat rodders and uh, got the car going again. So it was really awesome to be uh, hanging out with those folks and watching this little piece of history get back on, on the sand again. Well, tell us about it. So where did the car come from? What are the origins, and how did you find it? Sure, it's a it's from Southern California originally, and it was built from a, a P thirty eight Lightning belly tank, which is about three hundred and fifteen gallons. That's about the the biggest one that they made. So that's mm-hmm. one that you really want. Um, and it was built in fifty one and fifty two, and unfortunately, I can't remember recall the fellow's name who put it together. But he did some runs down on El Mirage and down in SoCal in the drags and and airstrip things that they used to do down there. And uh, my buddy came in possession of it probably about eight years ago, and it sat on the shelf for a while, and then he finally got around to putting it together because this um, really famous hot rod builder up here in Oregon called Marty Strode, who used to work on indie cars and all sorts of things way back in the day, um, agreed to take on the project. So we've been putting it together for a while, and I've really got involved in the last few weeks. Um, and uh, got to, it's built with a Ford Flathead D8, uh, Stromberg 97s, uh, sequential on the top, uh, quick change rear end, no suspension. Uh, you steer it with a, a, I can't remember which airplane it came from, but an airplane yoke instead of a real steering wheel. So it's, Whoa. A, it's a, it's a, it's a real piece of automotive history, and there's probably only 
five or six that actually race to the day that are still going. A lot of them that are made today were are replicas or right. built from the same materials, but are more modern build. So this one is from the period, and uh, when the builder ran it in 1953, the last time it ran, it did 148 miles an hour, I believe, and he was so shaken after the run that he put it away and never drove it again. <laughs> Well, if you just got a little stick there, no steering wheel, I mean, you know, I mean, any vibration will make you go right or left real quick. So, yeah, I can get yeah. that. So, where did, how did your friend find it? I mean, was it something that was advertised or was it a barn find or? Yeah, no, he had been on the prowl for one for a while because he had heard about him when he was a kid. Okay. He's a pretty involved car guy. And one of a, he was in a shop one day and he saw one over on the side and the one that he ended up uh, getting. And he asked the guy about it and goes, who owns this? I've, I've been wanting one of those for years. And uh, over over a course of a few years, he finally uh, came in possession of it. He had to, It went through a few hands between the, when he saw it and when he, from, from the person that he got it from. But he got it for a straight-up trade of parts. And, you know, everyone kept handing it down from person to person but never doing anything with it. So they, uh, it was really cool that he took on the project and got the car back. Uh, recommissioned and ready to go. That's amazing. So tell us about this area. So you've got an area like uh, El Mirage or Dry Lakes or like uh, Bonneville in Oregon. you got an area like that there that people yeah, run? It's uh, in, yeah, it's down in southeast Oregon. It's called the Albor Desert. And uh-huh. it's, in, it's kind of uh, right next to Nevada. So it's over in the really, really dry, deserty part okay. of our state. Um, doesn't get a lot of rain, except for it was going to get some when we were down there, which is part of the story. But uh, it's it's about 20 miles long and seven miles wide, and um, you know it's those those lakes are incredible places. I had never really visited one before, and uh, this this one is a little bit infamous because in 2019, uh, Jesse Coombs, who uh, was on. She's a TV personality. Yeah. She was, we knew her, uh, and, yeah, and a builder, and mm-hmm. she was try- attempting to set the the female land speed record, which she did. Um, but and, unfortunately, in that attempt, she also perished. Right. Um, so yeah, kind of a kind of a sad uh, a sad place. But people, it's becoming more and more popular, I think, for doing speed runs because. Um, you know, the other places are getting a little more restricted and harder to get a hold of. And I think in terms of whether you want to do it on salt or on one of these lake beds, I think lake beds are actually a little bit uh, uh, preferable. Well, you know, did they ever find out what happened to Jesse Combs? I mean, what did something break loose on the car? Because I know she made the one pass and then was on the one back, and then she was trying to break her record. She she just yeah. sat one. Yeah, and they in the investigation, they said the, the front wheel failed on oh. the camp. Um, now I'll pass something along that I heard from. It's all hearsay, but one of the guys who has there's one little store that sits down there. So uh, at the end of the lake, and we were talking to him about it, and he goes, "I heard that uh, the afterburner kind of didn't go off. So it instead of you know when she had the rocket going, the after it stayed on the afterburner was a lot longer than they thought it. Oh, did. and um, you know went kind of beyond the capacity." car yeah um again i that's just what someone told me in the in a little store by the lake so you know take it for what it is well let's get to you and sure. the collective parts exchange so first give us a little background on yourself because i guess you've done a number of uh 
let's say startups, if you will, internet uh, or, or IT or how would you what would you call it? Uh, yeah, tech startups. Tech startups. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Go ahead. Tell us a little bit about your background and then how the uh, Collective Parts Exchange came to uh, to to your mastermind. Sure, sure. Well, it, for me, it kind of combines two two threads of my life. One is I've I, I'm professionally I've always kind of been in technology startups, and I worked my way up and um, went with a, a company that ended up going public a while back, and then. Um, after I left that company, I co-founded another technology company in the exciting world of legal software, but uh, it was actually pretty interesting and fun, and uh, the company became successful and was acquired in 2017. And when I wrapped that up, I left there ultimately in 2019, and I was li- planning to start a new company, and I thought I would do it in that world that I had just left, but one of my executives left with me, and he's my co-founder, Aaron, and when we were thinking of new ideas, I said, hey, you know, I've been a car collector for a long time, ever since I could afford a car, (laughs) and one of the things that really tears me up is trying to find parts for my cars, and, you know, it's really tough, You, uh, you know, the best places to go are to these huge swap meets where there's 100,000 people trouncing around and you're just trying to hunt and peck for the part you, the exact part you need. And there just has to be a better way to do this. So we set out to kind of solve that problem, and we originally called it swapme.com just as our little internal code. But um, it, it kind of evolved past that a little bit because what I came to understand with the part suppliers, above and beyond what swapme represents, but with people who sell parts, they're – they're all universally small businesses, and they're they're just struggling to get by. And they aren't techies; they're garage people. They aren't tech tech folks. So a lot of them, even if they're successful businesses, it's really hard to connect with them online or find the parts that you're needing. And while they're getting they're successful today, I just think over time everything's moving to online because when you it, even now, when whenever you have the notion for, of any curiosity about anything, whether it's a recipe for uh, uh, venison or, uh, you know, something to, to fix your computer, you start in Google. And, you know, as car people, we, we kind of will, we want that too, I suppose. So we're just trying to be a place where folks can come and find the parts that they need. And if you've got extra parts, you can sell them. So what's the procedure now? Let's just say I have uh, a less less than steering wheel for a 1962 Porsche 356 that I want to sell. So how do I go about doing it on uh, on a collective parts exchange? And what does it cost me? Yeah, so uh, you go in, you sign up. It takes and to create a store, it takes about ten minutes mm-hmm. at most. Um, and then you can go ahead and if you have your cell phone handy, you can take some pictures and. Uh, load it up into the store and put a little description on it. Try and give as much information as you can, condition, uh, what it fits, that sort of thing, and any history that might be relevant, and put a price on it and go. Um, that It's it's really that easy, and it doesn't cost you a penny uh, to get that far. Now, if someone finds your part and wants to buy it, then we take a 5% commission off of it, and, and that's it. We're trying to keep it really... It, what we've also learned is people don't have a lot of patience 
for learning new technology and for uh, spending you know money before they they get it. So we've tried to make it uh, as easy as possible from usability, but also from risk. Uh, um, you know, it, hey, if you've got a part, just put it up. Uh, there's and it can sit there for as long as you have it. And um, we also one of the things that makes it what we're trying to do that's different than any other online marketplace like eBay is. With car folks, it's really important to communicate about the purchase because you need to make sure that that part fits your exact car. Because you know, a lot of the older vehicles, even mid mid production run, they would change something like an alternator or something. So you need to validate what your car is, what that part is, and make sure that the two match up. And the only people who can do that are is the person who's selling it to you, who usually has the right expertise to be able to walk you through that. Tr- that type of um, uh, information. So we make it really easy. You can talk to and communicate back and forth with people um, before, during, and after the purchase. Um, you know who they are. They know who you are. So there's no hiding behind, you know, some storefront and you're really some dude over, you know, in Russia or some other <laughs> place uh, trying, trying to sell junk. Um, we want it to be as transparent as possible and just, you know, kind of, kind of, really, it is the spirit of a swap meet, but in an online form. So basically, what you're saying then is, if I advertise my part, okay, so let's say I have this uh, uh, very rare Edelbrock uh, uh, aluminum intake manifold that's uh, out of production, but it fits a 440 Chrysler, so that I can put my phone number in there. So if I have a prospective buyer that's looking for a vintage, period correct Edelbrock intake manifold, he can call me, so him and I can converse. Nonetheless, the sale ultimately goes through you, and therefore, because you're the one that basically facilitated our connection, so to speak, our networking, yeah. and then you get the five percent. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And we're we're kind of putting a lot of trust in the universe on this one. That uh, you know, fo- folks will honor the fact that we connected them. But you know, we're hopefully that works out, and people uh, appreciate the fact that they they have a place to go and find a buyer and. And and it all works out. Um, you know, I, I, I just believe that, again, in the spirit of swap meets and kind of car collector culture, um, that, hey, if someone helps you out, you kind of, and they ask for a little bit, uh, you know, they, they built something that you find a value that you, you kind of pay it back to them as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be like a huge money-making venture, but I, I hope it's successful in something that is really going to, uh, be core to how the, the hobby kind of goes forward into the future. Because one of the things that really is helpful is uh, I, I have an interest in Italian cars. And a lot of the good parts that I have are either in the closets and, and backs of garages of other uh, car owners, or they're over in Italy. Or actually, a lot of the good parts for Alfa Romeos, which I, I own, are in England of all places. I don't know why, but that's where they are. So, <laughs> hey, if I if I'm looking for something for a car, uh, my car is a Julia Super, which wasn't imported into the U.S. So there's not a, always a lot of parts available here in, in the U.S. I can find it, and it might be somebody in London, or it might be somebody in Italy, or somebody in Australia. Knows. Um, and guess what? There's a lot of people in Australia who need, need parts from people in the U.S. They've got hot rods down there and all sorts of stuff. So it's trying to connect this entire hobby globally so that once everybody starts learning about it, they can put the parts that they have up and, and get them back into circulation. 
Well, you might have to crawl up into uh, Keith Martin's attic because there's probably some Alfa Romeo parts up in there, too. Well, <laughs> I should mention it because I'm sitting in my condo in downtown Portland, and I have a huge pile of Keith stuff that I sell uh, on the site so that I promised I'd help him sell. And um, one of the things we're hoping to do in the near future is to add an auction component. So... Like Keith has a bunch of stuff, and he doesn't want to sit around on it. He'd rather just kind of get it get it moved along. So that's where an auction is a better solution. So we're we're building that out so that you know if you if you ha- if you're moving the house and you need to get rid rid of a bunch of stuff, you've got the ability to just get it out of out of your hair and not have to wait around until someone finds it buys it somewhere down the road. Well, like for example, for us uh, German car guys, you know, we have the Samba and we have the 356 registry, for example. So the Samba, you know, it's a network. Okay, you got and and I have an MGB also, so I have a, uh, you know, you have, you have the MGB experience, you know, and then of course I'm a Shelby guy, so you know we have our Shelby deal. But what, like you mentioned, there is a I don't want to use the term fiduciary because that's not the right word for it, but there's this um, expressed or implied. Um, kind of like uh, honesty or the honor system in a way that, you know, if I'm selling you a part, I'm going to, the thing that I like about what yours is, unlike, let's say the registry, unlike a lot of them, is you have to go through a whole bunch of crap to contact somebody to actually talk to them in person. I like when people call me and ask me because sometimes I don't have the time to write a book and I want to describe a part to you. So, for example, if the, if the corner of the intake manifold has been chipped and it's been welded back together, you know, you're going to want to know, okay, was it welded? Was it welded with, a, with some scrap or was the original part put back on it? You know, it takes forever to write that. So the fact that we can communicate, that's a big plus in my opinion, okay? So yeah. if you're able to do that. Now, are you going to expand into cars too? I mean, I know you – I listened to one of the other uh, interviews you did with somebody else because I always kind of learn a little bit about my guests – and you had referenced bring a trailer. Now, all of us car guys that are serious car guys, everybody's familiar with BAT, Brad, bring a trailer. Yep. And that they and, and you referenced the 5%, which is basically what they do on their deal. And so bring a trailer is pretty much, I mean, that's taken off. I mean, I've been a, B, a BAT guy follower since, I don't know, the early 2000s since they started out. And uh, that's it's pretty hard to compete with them. People said it's pretty hard to compete with eBay. But I'll be honest with you. eBay's gotten to the point where people are just totally annoyed with them. I hope, and I will participate in collector parts exchange, because I hope you guys take it to the next level on the uh, kind of like the, the BAT platform. I think they do a very good job, and that's why I think BAT's doing so well. Well, it, 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 what Randy and Bat uh, built is, was a big inspiration because, like you said, if you told me in 2015 that the world needed another collector car auction site, I would have said, uh, laughed in your face. But, you know, they built something that was really special. And what I liked about it was it was curated. They gave you a lot of good information. And most they were fair. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, like, there's no advertising. Even today, after Hearst acquired it, you, you don't go on there and you aren't pummeled with ads or promoted cars or something like that. It's just an honest website. And that that's really what Collector Part Exchange is trying to be. It's like we don't allow people to um, have preferred listing positions. We don't allow you to, like, when you go to eBay and you put in a very specific part, like you need, you know, some sort of alternator for your Shelby, uh, you're going to get pummeled with a bunch of floor mats and license plate holders uh-huh. and other junk before you actually see what you're looking for. 
And I just, um, so, that's so antithetical to what collector part exchange is about that I've basically laid down the law. It's like, that's, that's an unviolable rule, in my opinion, is to, like, sell out like that, where you're um, putting a bunch of, ju- bunch of junk in front of people. I'd rather have the business grow slower and just be what it is without having to kind of, quote-unquote, monetize the eyeballs of the people who are there. That really drives me bananas. So what are you I'm, doing? And cleaned up language. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. So what is what are you and Collective Parts Exchange doing? How are you promoting this besides coming on radio shows and uh, and get and, and, and working with Sydney over there at uh, uh, Car PR at USA? Um, how else are people going to find out about you? I mean, what all what all are you looking for? How are you looking to promote it? Uh, what how can we help you? You know, can we team up? I mean, well, things like that. You know, talking to me and, and help me get the word out. I mean, we're only three months old, so uh, it's just a getting getting uh, off the launch pad right now. Um, I've been going to, like, I went down to Monterey, and mm-hmm. I'm going to try and go to Hershey here in a few weeks, and I'm just trying to get out and about and, and meet as many folks as I can. Uh, I've been uh, getting, uh, we, we do a fair amount of advertising, but we do it through digital email. So, for example, Keith, since we've already mentioned him, mm-hmm. uh, I'll they have an ability to send subscribers emails, and that works really well for us. We've, we've done some print ads and other things like that just to kind of get the word out, but um, we're trying to mostly get the people through digital means because we're a digital platform, and there seems to be a little bit more affinity by, when you reach people that way. Um, but really, it's just about getting the word out, and you know, if you're listening to this, come check us out, sign up, and hey, if you've got one part, Go ahead and just list it uh, and and give it a shot and see what it's about. Because um, the more people that get involved with it, the better it gets over time. And uh, you know, right now you might not find exactly the part you're looking for. I hope that I hope that you do. But if you don't, uh, tell somebody that you might buy that part from to check us out. Or if you're buying, you know, just just spread the word because I really feel like if this thing. Can become what it what I imagine it to be. It's going to be a huge service to the entire car community because it because it cuts across geographies and marks and things like that. Um, like I appreciate Samba and all all of the like Ferrari Chad and Alpha BB and all the forums because they're amazing places. But it's they, if you search in Google, you you're not going to find what you're looking for if they're hidden away on those places. And what we're, we've built this platform to be is if you go even into just a regular search engine like Google or Bing or whatever, um, you'll be able to find your part directly in Collector Part Exchange, which is which I think is a real service um, to, to make it as easy as possible. Well, Chris, we are just about up against the clock right now, and I want to thank you for hanging out with us. We will seriously – I'm going to go – this week, and I'm going to start putting some stuff on there. I will tell my friends. I was just mentioned earlier on the radio show. Uh, I was over at Wire World Classics over there in Vero Beach, and he we talked about it. I brought it up. I said, "Hey, you ever heard of Parts Exchange?" He says, "Yeah, I went on there and there wasn't too much stuff." I said, "Well, there's a brand new," and uh, and I didn't say that I was going to have you on the show or anything like that, but I did talk a little bit. And then when I was wandering through his vast amount of boxes and boxes and boxes of parts, I said, wow, you really need to have somebody here getting rid of this stuff, because we're in the parts business, so we're here to, to sell. And I, of course, I'm in the salvage yard business, or was in the wrecking yard business, but I deal in parts too, So, and I buy and sell cars. So for me, 
I think Collective Parts Exchange is a super opportunity, and I look forward to uh, experiencing it. And, Chris, I want to thank you again for coming out here and hanging out with us. Don't forget to tell Keith I said hi. All right. I, w- I will absolutely do that. And, and just one last word. Sure. Uh, it's Collector Parts Exchange because we had it as Parts Exchange, but when you look at that written in the URL and you have the S on right in front of the word exchange, uh, it, it becomes a word, uh, an idea that, you, that kind of distracts you. So we went with a singular part. Okay, well that's good, but we will promote it in six months. We're going to have you back on here and let's talk about it, see how well you're doing. I love it. I can't wait. And thanks so much for having me and getting the word out. And uh, we call it CPX, uh, CPX out into the world. You got it. All right, take care, Chris. All right. I want to thank my special guest, Chris Bright from Collector Parts Exchange, CPX. Look them up on the internet, Google it. In the meantime, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Getting Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m., right here on the Tantalk Radio Network for the most fascinating and legendary men's names in motorsports and music. Rocktober's coming up. Don't miss it. We got some musical guys coming up. In the meantime, everybody, hey, get out there and drive your cars. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen. Listen.